Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano, host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your first listen every day. And remember, the Locked On Rays podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. All right, Ulysses, it is the final installment of our lengthy interview with Aram Layton. You think people went on to uh, YouTube and, and watched it on the first day? Or do you think people were like, no, 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 I got to build suspense for this, you know, here at one time, second time, and then the, the final third part? I'm sure there's a little bit of a mix, but I'll say this, it being the holiday season, probably a lot of people driving around in their cars and they don't have the time to go to YouTube. Oh. On the flip side, maybe there's some people out there that are like, I'm not working. I took all this time off. I got all my holiday shopping done. Yeah. I'm just sitting in front of my computer. So I have this uh, 85 minutes or so to uh, at, at my disposal, 75 minutes, however long the interview was that uh, I can just sit back, relax and and watch uh, three beautiful faces on my computer. <laughs> and you know, it was a great talk. Honestly, you, you, it, once you, you've listened to all the three parts, I think we, we covered like the gamut, like you said, uh, every type of topic that you can talk about baseball right now, especially if you're a race fan, this is what you want to listen mm-hmm. to. And again, we're going to go to three days a week. So be, we're in the off season. We do have planned a very nice discussion with locked on ace host jason burke which mm-hmm. is going to be fantastic again remember oakland is going through the, the same kind of deal with the tampa bay race fans are just in an accelerated path yeah. because their lease ends in 2024 not 2027 so it's going to be a lot of stadium talk it's going to be a lot of trade scenarios it's going to be a lot of mlb lockout talk this is going to be a really really yeah. entertaining uh interview as well uh, we also have, we're trying to lock up some other guests, uh, some current MLB players, former MLB players, a uh, lot of fun things on the horizon. We just got to get intern McGee on the ball a little bit. He's kind of dropping things there, but it is what it is. Uh, we will still try to make this as much of a fun and entertain, uh, entertaining podcast as we can throughout. Well, then the let's say it. It's, it's, it's an entertaining podcast. Let's go. It's going to be fun. There we go. There we go. Uh, One last thing um, also to reiterate, uh, if you have an interest in being a one-time guest co-host of the podcast, visit buymeacoffee.com slash raise unfiltered. Buymeacoffee.com slash raise unfiltered. We'll put uh, that link in the podcast description. Uh, if that's a little too much for you, just shoot us an email, lockedonraise at gmail.com or a DM. We'll accept those as well and get back to you. All right, here's uh, part three of our conversation with Aram Layton. Yeah, a couple other questions on uh, your top 10 list for the Rays. Jonathan Aranda, I believe, pops in at number eight. And he's a guy that, look, we talk so much about wander and josh lowe and vidal brujan and shane boz but he seems to be a guy aranda that is that has quietly uh established himself and proved himself to the point that the rays added him to the 40-man roster what do you see as far as his potential and outlook as being a major leaguer i mean another guy that's kind of in that same bucket of just why are we not giving him more attention he has done nothing but flat out hit 
just nothing but hit since he's been out here. And for whatever reason, he's just not getting the time of day, I think, from uh, people outside of the, the race circles that he deserves. The big question was always like, okay, how much power does this guy have? How much mm-hmm. power is he going to hit for? I think he showed to the pull side, he's got above average pop. Uh, it wasn't that way earlier on. He really got into his lower half a bit more. He strengthened up a bit more. And I mean, this guy was putting up exit velocities and 108 miles an hour, 109 miles an hour on home runs, which is, is above average. So you compare that with the fact that, or, or pair that with the fact that he has a really, really good field to hit and a super smooth, repeatable swing from the left side. I mean, what is there not to like about this guy? Is he a little bit limited defensively at second base? Uh, probably. Uh, and that's probably one of the things that's holding him back. Uh, but to me, he's a big league piece. Uh, and I think the Rays agree, like you said, adding him to the 40-man roster. He legitimately is a big league piece that I think is going to be a really, really solid, safe, and consistent hitter um, at, at the big league level. I think he's capable there too. Similar to Meade, just has the bat-to-ball skills, and now we're seeing that power start to creep in more. I'm really excited about those types of guys. I always like the guys that have the hit tool first, and then the power starts creeping in. Those guys have the highest interval for success, I think, in terms of achieving something close to what their potential is. Uh, shameless plug here, but uh, in addition to having Curtis Mead on the podcast, we also once had Blake Hunt on the podcast as well. Yeah. Now, Blake is not on your top 10 list, and I know he slid offensively this past season and wasn't added to the Rays' 40-man roster, but how far away and what does he need to do to etch himself back into that top 10, top dozen or so prospects or honorable mentions, whatever it may be. And before you answer that, I, I, I'll, I also wanted to add, add this on here at the back. Is he going to get picked in the rule five draft? Do you see him as a possibility? You know, there, so I'll start with, with why he slid off a little bit and that'll kind of mm-hmm. tie into whether I think he'll get picked or not. Uh, the, the offensive side of things, you know, I really like his power potential, but I was, I was very, very surprised, uh, when I really dug into the video to see some of those shortcomings offensively, uh, to seeing how much he was getting blown up by Velo and how much he was pulling off of some breaking balls. Uh, it was like, it looked like he was trying to catch everything out in front and it looked like he just felt he was overmatched. I uh, put simply when he got the Cubs to double or when he got the bump up. He was simply overmatched. And that's that was a little bit concerning because it wasn't just a guy struggling. It was a guy struggling to, to compete. And, and that was the scary thing offensively. Defensively, I, lo- I love him. You know, and, and that's why I think at the very least, he, he's a guy that will run into baseballs. He's got power. big. T- like, I think he's got above average to plus power. And he's a great defender who calls a great game, who you guys can attest to is, you know, smart player behind the dish, has a great makeup. But he needs to make some tweaks with his swing in terms of just uh, shortening things up, uh, making it more simple. And even if he's a below average hitter, that glove uh, and the value he provides behind the dish um, is really going to at least at the very least give you a backup catcher who can run into baseballs, which isn't the worst thing in the world. If it clicks offensively, then we're looking at a really, really interesting prospect that could be in the top 100. I think the reason why the Rays were okay without protecting him is, is how much he got dominated uh, when he got called up and how much he got blown up by fastballs and blown up by velo. I think if a team really wants to roll the dice, they could do it. Uh, but if he got, if he's getting blown up after a promotion in the minor leagues, uh, 
to not even, not even to triple a, right. He's just getting promoted to, uh, to the middle levels of the minor leagues. I, I don't see a team rolling the dice like that. It, it's, it's just too much of a risk in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if he is a phenomenal defender at this point, you got to put him in the big leagues. I don't think that he, he would even, you know, be able to, to remotely battle up there and it just wouldn't be fair to him either. I don't think he gets picked. I don't think it's impossible. Uh, but, you know, it's it's really rare to see catchers get picked in the rule five just because of the fact that you have to throw them right into the fire. And right. those guys are usually late bloomers offensively. I think Hunt can figure it out. Right. I think he's the prime candidate to have been affected by the no 2020 season. And I think he could easily figure it out. Uh, but, you know, he, he does have a lot of adjusting to do at the plate. But the potential is still there. Uh, you know, just uh, I want to say this because it happened on the Curtis Mead interview. He's not even a pitcher, Curtis Mead. And if when we asked him to highlight some of his peers, besides Greg Jones, he did, which everybody has said Greg Jones. Everybody. Uh, everybody, right? Uh, he also pointed out Blake Hunt's work defensively. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's 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 so good. All his teammates have really just taken a, a notice on, on, on his work defensively. Uh, Aram, not to nitpick here uh, and squabble over little things on your top 10 prospects list, but why, and I'm not disagreeing with this, but I'm just curious, why Xavier Edwards slightly ahead of Greg Jones? Edwards ranked number five, Greg Jones ranked number six, if I recall. Yeah, so, no, it's a great question because I love Greg Jones. Um, Really, for me, it just came to came down to the floor. Um, you know, I think the ceiling is, is so much further ahead. Uh, when you look at what, what Greg Jones can do, if it all clicks, but another guy who got blown up a little bit, once he got promoted to double a, uh, I I had a really good conversation with him though, about it and and the adjustments he's looking to make at the plate, uh, to, to be able to accommodate, you know, the upper level competition. Uh, but with Xavier Edwards, you you know what you're getting, right? Like he's a guy that will guaranteed be a big leaguer, uh, that will guaranteed be able to play all over the diamond. Uh, will put the bat on the ball, switch hitter. Uh, that you know, I, I think you have to put some stock into that as a plus runner who can play all over the diamond as a switch hitter and has a plus hit tool. Yes, he has no power whatsoever, uh, but there's something to be said about the guy that's a guaranteed big leaguer. Uh, whereas if it doesn't work out for for Greg Jones, he's not a big leaguer. Period. And that's that's what's really ended up putting him over the top for me. Uh, but the thing about Jones is, I mean, his upside is just tantalizing, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy that could be 30-30 if it all clicked, uh, but he's got a lot to figure out. And, and I think the age played a little bit of a part into it too, you know, where he's at uh, relative to his age. Uh, I'm not saying it's doomsday, but it's something that kind of gave Edwards that edge is that he, you know Edwards you know, has, has the experience a little bit more of the track record and still – has the age on his side, whereas Jones, you know, is working against his age now after struggling in double A. The swing and miss is concerning. Uh, I, I want to see a little bit more bat to ball in, in that department. And I'm going to take the the plus plus runner who's a guaranteed big leaguer at this point with the slight edge, uh, but while acknowledging that the upside isn't even close. Well, Kevin, it's the holiday season, so I am really excited that I can have something that is amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but also high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. And of course, you know I'm talking about the delicious and healthy Built Bars. There are so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Will it be raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter Brownie, you know, it's peanut butter brownie for me 
all the time. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors. So what do you do if you want a Built Bar, Kevin? You go to Built.com, you choose all of the amazing flavors that they have option for you, and then you use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. So remember, delicious, healthy Built Bars at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get some delicious and healthy Built Bars. Ulysses, we don't want to keep Aram on forever here, but uh, I guess we have to address the elephant in the room, the lockout in CBA. What's your best guess on how this thing shakes out when the lockout ends and when the when MLB is playing baseball again, when, when things are back up and running? Yeah, so that it, it's a really interesting thing that, you know, I get questions on this. Uh, from people who are not involved with baseball, involved with baseball, when people ask what I do, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I uh, started a baseball media company heading into a strike. Uh, you know, People are like, well, is there going to be a season? And everybody I've talked to, uh, whether, you know, especially former players, Jeff Conan, one, for example, that we talk about, we've talked about this on the podcast. And, you know, Jeff had his 94 season disrupted. Uh, in the middle of the best season of his career. He was an all-star. He was just having an insane season. And, of course, they cut it short. Uh, that is something that he says was a lot different than, than what's going on now. He, he really feels strongly that uh, they're going to find a way to put the season together and, and make it happen, and I feel exactly the same way. I've talked to a few other guys that were in the big leagues in 94, and, and if it weren't for 2020, if it weren't for how much money was lost in 2020, I'd be a lot more concerned. But players lost money with their prorated salaries. Owners lost money, though I think they embellish how much it was. No matter what, we all know they lost money. And uh, no matter what the issues are and the disagreements are, these are millionaires and billionaires who want more money, uh, as we all would. And they both stand to lose here. Uh, And they already lost in 2020 for things that were out of their control. Uh, So I think they're going to find a way. Um, I think it's going to be frustrating. And I think there's going to be a lot of posturing until we get to the 11th hour. And that's the frustrating part about all of it when you hear these seven-minute meetings and you hear all this stuff. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, I think they're going to finally settle into something and we're going to we're going to have a season. Might be a little bit delayed in terms of spring training and getting into everything. Um, but I feel like it's almost like a game of chicken. Like who's, who's going who's gonna to blink first uh, when they both know that neither wants to actually impact the season whatsoever. Uh, so I, I think there's going to there's going to be a meeting in the middle at some point. Uh, but, yeah, it is just embarrassing kind of how public and and how juvenile some of these uh, negotiations are, which I think kind of gives people a little bit of reason to be pessimistic. But at the end of the day, money talks and, and that's what everybody's priority is here. OK, so I got a little rapid fire on the lockout. Mm-hmm. Question number one, will games be lost? Don't think so. OK. Date of when this will all blow over. When they sit down, shine the papers, and they say, okay, baseball's on again. Literally the last day possible. Like I, I think it's going to get to the point where it's like if they don't get a deal done by this week, then the season will be delayed, and they're going to push it a few days past that, and then <laughs> they're going to rush everything back in. And, and this is the thing, too, is that a, a very underrated aspect of it, and a big reason why I get things done on time is that a couple current big leaguers that I've spoken to were saying to me, a big reason why we had so many injuries this year is that we were not able to get ready 
at the right time going into the season because going into 2020 especially, they didn't know when spring training was going to be because, yes, COVID, but also we had this little mini lockout there too. And they didn't know when spring mm-hmm. training was going to start. They didn't know when things were going to happen. And a lot of it was soft tissue injuries. A lot of it was things that they just – every player, they've been doing this for so long, whether they're young in the big leagues or not, they have a whole system of when they get started, when they ramp it up, and when they get ready, and their body is used to that. And I think the players are very aware of that, and they want to know when they're getting started, and they want to be able to plan that out. And I think owners, they they saw what happened. I mean, the injuries were rampant, and I think they want to be able to, you know, not lose money on their investments. I know they're humans, and it's dehumanizing, but it's their investments, and they don't want to hurt their investments either. Uh, So I think that's going to be another catalyst in it, and that's another reason why I think we're going to start on time. But but maybe I'm being a little bit too optimistic. No, that that that's okay. I, I can vibe with this. Uh, last one on the lockout. If you have to pick one, I know you're I'm, you're gonna have to be the bad guy here, but you have to pick one. Okay, I'm giving you options here. Number one, what would you wave your wand to fix on on the CBA? Number one, minimum wage increase. Number two, reduce team control years. Number three, universal DH. Or number four, pace of game. Um. So pace of game to me, I think, is, is, is ridiculous. Um, look, I, I'm okay with, with moving certain things that have no impact on the baseball game. But I, I think cutting the game down by three minutes to appeal to this fan that doesn't exist uh, that says if games were two hours and 58 minutes instead of three hours and seven minutes or whatever it may be, then I'll watch. I don't think that's that's a, a thing as much. Uh, I think when it gets brutally slow, then then you know that that's a factor of it. Mm-hmm. Universal DH, I lean towards just because I think that's something that should just absolutely happen, and it's it's a joke that it's not. I think the easiest fix because team control, I really would like to see it be cut down. But there's some repercussions on the other side of that too. Like it's a very nuanced issue that doesn't. It's not just as simple as you know, cut down team control and all is good. Like there's some, there's some interesting aspects to it. Uh, I think the easiest thing is paying the minimum for players, raising the minimum, right? Because even if there's are under control for more years or whatever it is, and that isn't fixed just yet, this is something that's so simple, right? Pay the guys more when they get into the big league. So even though they're under control, they may have to deal with arbitration down the line, at least their baseline salary is better. And, and that's a drop in the bucket uh, for these teams. But, you know, when you're up and down and when you don't know if you're going to, you know, get to arbitration, having a baseline salary being a little bit higher, I think, is the easiest short term solution to at least getting these guys a bit more financial stability right out of the gate. Uh, because a lot of these guys are up and down and they don't know um, and they might not even make it to arbitration. So I, I would love to see the minimum salary for baseball players be, be you know, jacked up a little bit. And I think that's an easy fix for everybody because you know, what, what is a couple hundred thousand dollars for uh, for players, for these owners? It's really nothing. And it can make a big difference for the lives of some of these guys that are quadruple A guys uh, that might be able to hang around for a year or two years. I mean, that makes a substantial difference. I and mean, not every everyone's like, oh, they're athletes. Yeah, like it is what it is. Like they can deal with it. But they're making pennies in, in the minor leagues. And if yeah. they get that chance to break into the big leagues and they can hang around, you hang around for two years with a, with, with a salary bumped up a little bit. And that, that can be something that, that can you can build your life around. Uh, right now, it's, it, it, it goes pretty quickly. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's too low relative to uh, the rest of the league. There, there really is a wide discrepancy in uh, you know, the lower paid guys and the upper paid guys. And there's also a dwindling just 
very you know ironic when we talk about how, how that might be able to like, compare to, to the world in general too uh, but it, it's yeah. happening in baseball too it's kind of a microcosm of, of, of what we see bet online has you covered all season long with more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues its march to the playoffs bet online of course remains your number one spot for all of the sports action just head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today to receive that 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n again promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to receive that wonderful bonus bet online it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and it's where the game starts in addendum to ulysses question because ulysses did not mention this in his uh in his question there uh expanded playoffs do you want to see that in the next cba yes or no god that is such a good question i have not formally made a strong opinion on this because part of me loves how hard it is to make the playoffs. Like I think it's so cool. My, my, I, through my childhood, I was deprived of postseason baseball and even just sniffing close to playing relevant baseball in September was the most exciting thing ever for me as, as growing mm-hmm. up a Marlins fan. Um, you know, I don't really remember 03 that great. It's very vague. And then they didn't finish over 500 after 2009 and on. Um, so I do think that it's good for the game, though. So, so, so my final answer would be expanded playoffs because you, you have just too many teams that are kind of sitting in the purgatory uh, that aren't encouraged to go for it. Uh, that you know, you look at the Reds; they they keep just kind of sitting in the middle. Maybe if they have a you know an extra team or two making the postseason, they'll be a little bit more encouraged to go for it. The Guardians just. You know, I had a new investor and somebody just bought in. Um, I'm forgetting the name, but, you know, they got a little bit more money behind them. But the Guardians are a team that and they won 80 games last year and everyone's already trading Jose Ramirez in the trade machine and, and, and you know, firing up where he's going to go. Uh, expanded playoffs may encourage some of those middling teams to to spend more, to do a bit more um, and, and create more of a competitive environment. And in turn, you know, when those teams are making the playoffs, locals care a little bit more. And that can be what kind of reels fans in. So ultimately, I think it's good for the game more money for all parties involved and it's more playoff games i like the challenge of getting into the playoffs basketball nba is is expanded it an egregious amount and they're never going to get to that point i think like more than half the teams in the nba make the playoffs that's it might be close to that but it's still not going to be quite that ridiculous i think as long as they keep it you know within reason i'm here for it see ulysses we got arm on board and kevin goldstein on board ulysses is not a big fan of the expanded playoffs while i in turn am well you the know Rays th- win 90 games every year so i mean i get it <laughs> well that the thing is though i'm okay with it well first of all i'm not okay with it but if we have to go through expanded playoffs you have to give more something more to division winners you have to give something even more to the best record in the league I mean, then why are you playing 162 games if everybody and their mother and their grandmother and their step grandpa is also coming into the to, to the playoffs? Like, it's just uh, the trucks getting heavy, folks. I agree with that. You know, and I think I think it's nuanced, right? Like you, you have to find that balance. I'd be open to even cutting down the regular season a little bit to, mm-hmm. to expand the playoffs. And then also, you know, rewarding those those teams that, that win the division, like you said, a bit more. Um we don't, I don't know if we need a full 162. 
Uh, I, I, we need more than 60, which I think we learned because of how janky that season was. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, 130 in expanded playoffs, more money, I think more interest. I'm not opposed to it. And, and you know, sometimes I'm, I'm, a, I'm a purist guy in, in a lot of ways, but I think sometimes you got to look at the big picture and, and growing the game that we love and, and trying to welcome more people in. I do think that that's a way to do it. And, um, you know, I'm willing to give a little bit there uh, in some ways. So so that's one that, you know, I, I'm more open to, but I absolutely hear you, Ulysses, totally. Look, if the or if uh, MLB makes me commissioner, 120-game season, seven-inning games, 14 to 16-team playoff. I'll just leave it at that. Arm is probably about to vomit right now, honestly. So <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from that. Uh, final question, Arm. I'm not even going to let you answer that. I'm not going to even elicit a response there. He'll, uh, he'll send me a DM. He'll send yeah. me a DM later. Yeah. I'm, sure he, I'm sure he will. Uh, some interesting memes forthcoming. But uh, Arm, and you, you might eventually get uh, a Hall of Fame vote. Who knows if you become a member of the BBWAA in time. But uh, it's a dream. the 2022 ballot, uh, if you had a vote, if you had that power, who would you be voting for this year? Yeah, I talk about another freaking nuanced conversation here, right? Um, I'm bringing up Jeff again because, you know, this is something we've talked about a lot on the podcast with Jeff Conine. And, you know, he, he, he played against a lot of these guys. And he's like, yeah, of course, they're incredible players. A lot of the guys that, you know, were implicated with PEDs. But, you know, as a guy that played clean for 18 years, he's obviously going to be like, nah, like the, the PED guys don't deserve to get in, whatever. There's guys currently in the hole that, that have taken PEDs. Like, I think that's pretty much an objective fact. And I, I just want to move past it in a lot of ways. Um, and I think this is like the most loaded PED ballot there is. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's the challenge. Uh, I miss just the classic debate. You know, I had a chance to bring on Jason Stark on on the on uh, the on outside the box with Jeff Conine, and we we're talking about it. And, and you know, I miss talking about just like Jeff Kent and Andrew Jones and guys like just are, are they based on baseball merit Hall of Famers or not? Uh, but rants aside, you know, I and I might get a little bit of backlash for it, but I think people are starting to warm up to the idea of it. I think you just got to vote in these guys that dominated the game, even if they took PEDs. I mean, what Bonds did is just is just so outrageous. Uh, you just can't even you. We will never see anything like that. Um, what what we saw from Roger Clemens, it, it's just otherworldly. So I, I'm going to go Bonds, Clemens, and this is just in the order of of what these guys got in, in 2021 or 2020. Uh, excuse me, because I wanted to just kind of go by by that order. Schilling's the only guy I'm leaving off because he's, he's begging people to leave him off. So, so why don't we give him what he wants and leave him off? Uh, but Bonds, Clemens, Roland is in for me too. I, I really think Roland's a Hall of Famer. There's nobody in, in baseball history with as many gold gloves at third base that didn't make uh, you know the Hall of Fame. And, and it's not like he was a slouch at the plate too. 855 career OPS, 300 home runs. Roland's in for me. Um, Billy Wagner, it's tough with closers. I'm putting him in. Todd Helton. I'm over the course thing. The guy just flat out hit. I don't care. Um, so he's into Sheffield. I think people really undervalue how dominant this guy was. His 1998 season is one of the best seasons we've seen in 20 plus 20 plus year. Or, oh my gosh. That's more than 20 years ago now. Right? No, <laughs> I can't do whatever. It is one of the craziest seasons we've seen in decades. Um, he's in Andrew Jones fell off in the back half, but he's in for me too. Uh, nobody dominated the game like that for that stretch defensively and offensively. Unbelievable. My little bit more controversial one is I'm leaving Jeff Kent off. Um, I, you know, I'm just not, I don't know if he's quite there 
and we only get 10 votes on the ballot. And I lean more Bobby Abreu on this ballot. I really Mm. think that Bobby Abreu is not getting enough love. Bobby Abreu in the war department is up there with a lot of guys. Uh, The thing that stands out to me the most is when you look at what he did, uh, 2,470 hits, 395 career on base percentage, which is crazy. But if you if you look at a list of players who hit 250 or more home runs and stole 400 or more bases, the list is very short. It is Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonds, Craig Biggio, and Bobby Abreu. And you know when you consider that, I mean, and those are you know, Bobby Bonds would have been a Hall of Famer if his career wasn't cut short. Biggio is a Hall of Famer. Um, Barry is on paper the best player of all time. Uh, I don't know how Bobby Abreu isn't getting more love, not to mention a plus defender or an above average defender in right field. Um, so that's another guy that's getting it for me. Uh, what does that put me at? Eight votes? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight votes. Yes. Eight votes. So this is where I have to like, unfortunately go with another steroid guy in, in Sammy Sosa. Um, but I mean, he's just too good. Uh, and I'm going to lean Sosa on his final year of the ballot over, a Manny Ramirez on his sixth year in the ballot when he got, I think there's a difference between testing positive and testing positive three times. Um, and I know his little right. uh, short extent, uh, not a very extensive career with the Rays, which I was excited about, uh, <laughs> but that was cut short because he just couldn't stop taking steroids. Like if I only have 10 slots, I'm, I'm leaving him off on this one. Um, and you know, A-Rod's kind of in that same boat if I have to, but I'm going to lean A-Rod probably if I have no other, no other space or if I have more space and uh, I think I have one more vote. So that would be A-Rod as well, right? Am I missing anybody yeah. that's on this year's ballot? Uh, I think, well, Ulysses is happy that you're voting for Bobby Abreu. Some of our listeners are probably happy that you're voting for Tampa area product Gary Sheffield. Right. But Omar Vizquel is not on Aram's ballot for this nope. year. And uh, are, would you ever put him on or is he done? Look, I was I was very 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 on the fence about him prior to everything off the field. I mean, oh, I know he's a defensive wizard, but a six eighty eight career OPS. I know the game has changed since then. I know that there was as much priority on slugging and and a lot of those things. But I mean, I, I just can't I can't really palate putting a guy like that in there offensively. And when he was right on the brink, and then he put in you know a lot of the other things that that he's been you know, accused of and that have a lot of merit behind it in terms of, of what he, you know, has gotten into off the field. I, I think that kind of makes it easier for me um, in terms of, of making that decision on, on a guy that was controversial in terms of his uh, ballot before that. And, and I think that's why we're seeing him free, free fall quite a bit. I think he's already lost 10 votes uh, so far, yeah. uh, which I think kind of speaks to how on the fence he was and how this kind of pushed him on the other side of it. It's he. I mean, honestly, you've seen the drop off already happen. And I think we're going to see maybe the candidate with the most percentage ever have the biggest drop off. Uh, I mean, because of the percentages that he was getting, it seemed that he was on the trajectory of getting uh, in maybe in the eighth year or seventh year. But uh, the drop off has been, you know, kind of steep. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. uh, uh, Before I would go A-Rod, I'd go Ortiz, because even though he's implicated again, it's the same logic with Manny. If I'm running out of ballot spots, I'll probably vote for A-Rod and I'll vote for Manny. Uh, but I do think that I, there's a difference if we're, if we're running out of ballot spots. The guys that were repeat offenders uh, versus the guys that were implicated. Ortiz was implicated, uh, but not or 
two to three time offender with the largest suspension in Major League Baseball history. Um, you know, I think I think there's a little bit of a difference there. So Ortiz would be in for me uh, to round it out. Very good stuff, Aram. We kept you on for so long. This will uh, it'll be the Arm Layton podcast on <laughs> Locked On Rays for pretty much the next week. Um, just baseball.com. Uh, anything special you have going on there over the next couple weeks and anything else you want to promote? Yeah. So I'm, um, you know, continuing to turn out the top prospects for every system. Um, you know, we'll, we'll update the raise probably at some point during the minor league season, uh, which we know we'll get no matter what. That's the fun thing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, also putting out some exciting things on uh, we're doing like offseason outlooks and, you know, what, what teams could be doing on the other side of the lockout. Rays will be included in that. And then also uh, some top 20 pitcher stuff, a lot of ranking stuff and fun evergreen content while we uh, try to keep baseball alive during this uh, dead lockout time. Uh, but also uh, a lot of fun conversation on the Just Baseball show as well. I've been really excited to see the growth on that podcast and, um, you know, a lot of fun things there, too. So just Come on into the entire uh, Just Baseball network over there. It's, we're excited about what we're building, and I appreciate you guys uh, having me on and uh, asking me about it because uh, it's always a blast talking to you guys. And um, really excited to uh, see what's next next year, and maybe return the favor. Uh, and, and would love to have you guys on what we one of our shows moving forward as well. Likewise. Final question. Final question. Jeff Conine's career war. Do you know what it is off the top of your head? Ooh, name that war. Ooh, yeah. let's do this. So Jeff hates war. Um, he, he hates war because He's a pacifist. War, war, war hates him a little bit. Uh, I think it's like 18.8. Uh, 23.8. Yeah, depending. I guess you're going with fan graphs on, on B ref. It's 19.5. Okay. Yeah, I was close. I was close. You were really close. close. You know, we'll, we'll have to have another name that war with uh, yeah. Aram uh, next time. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff hates war. Uh, we, we've we've gone back and forth on this one and a couple of times on on the podcast. He's like Ryan Howard hit 50 home runs and he was only a two war guy. Like, what, what do you mean two wins and whatever? It's so funny. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, I get I get the holes you can poke in it. Um, but I, I think Jeff hates it because I think he feels like he's more more deserving than than 18 to 20 war uh but hell man that's still it's still yeah. some impressive stuff yes it is now yes, it is. If, if his son puts up like a 50 war or something like that when his career is over then i, I don't want him coming back and squawking and say, oh you know what war's okay you know maybe it is a little bit of a better metric now <laughs> i i totally would see that happening too because he's the first <laughs> to tell you that he thinks griffin's more talented than than he ever was all right we once again want to thank rm layton for all the time and insight on baseball in general the tampa bay rays prospects and so much more uh and we also want to thank you all for making the lockdown rays podcast your first listen every day now make sure your second listen is the locked on bets podcast that is also free and available on all platforms hope you all have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon